Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So I studied behavioral science at business school. I love tapping into why we do what we do and why we think the way we do and why we make certain decisions. So how many of you have your left thumb placed over your right thumb? So in some parts of behavioral psychology, that means, keep your hands up, that means that you're extremely, extremely intelligent, right? You can look around and check with the people next to you. You can verify with your colleagues, see if that's right. I did do that for a reason, not just, not just get you to all look silly. Uh, we did that because so much of our lives today are separate, disconnected. We have left and right, black and white, with things that we love to do, with things that we have to do, with things that we look forward to and can't wait for, then there are things that we wish we quite frankly never had to do. And then we have this thing called work, then we have this thing called life, we have this thing called family, we have this thing called friends, and this constant disconnect, disharmony in our life creates more and more friction within ourselves, within our organizations, and then eventually the wider community and even the world. Mindset two is a bit more about how much we have to unlearn about ourselves. How many of you have ever been told by your boss that you're too slow? How many of you have ever been told, don't look at that. How many of you have been ever told by your boss that you're too bossy? And you're thinking, yeah, right, you know? How many of you have been ever told that you annoy other people when you work really fast and diligently. Yeah, everyone's heard these things. This is your opportunity to unlearn what you've been told about yourself. So what I'm gonna ask you to do is I'm gonna ask you to answer two questions based on a reflection of your own self, not how you are at work, not how people perceive you, not how people think about you, but how you think about yourself, right? That's, I'm gonna ask you to push to go to that level. There's a great philosopher called Cooley in the 1800s. He said that today, I'm not who I think I am, I'm not who you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. Let that blow your mind for a moment. I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. We're lost in a perception of a perception of ourselves. So our image of ourselves is made up mostly by what people think of us. If people think you're outgoing, you're more outgoing. If people think that you're someone who likes to be the front of the party, you, you behave that way interact, we almost act as method actors, creating an image in society. So what I'd love for you to do is I'd like you to choose whether you believe you're more outgoing as a person or more reserved. 
and I'd like you to choose for yourself. If you're outgoing, I want you to head to this side of the room. And if you're reserved, I want you to head to this side of the room. You can choose now, and you can't be in the middle, I'll tell you why. One of the greatest challenges that organizations have faced over time is that people have started being engaged in the wrong places. We've had to learn skills, portray ourselves, present ourselves in job interviews, say that we're good at things even when we might not be very good at them. Because we believe that that's what's required. But actually what the most powerful organizations today have found that actually when people unlearn those and go back to their root environment where they thrive, then they're able to have a huge impact. There's a great conversation between Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. And Steve Wozniak looks at Steve Jobs and he said, you know, you're not a coder, you're not an artist, you're not an engineer, you, you know, you're not a technology guy, what do you even do? And Steve Jobs, in his usual Steve Jobs way, says, musicians play their instruments, I play the orchestra. And I love that line because it so much sums up a deep understanding of where you thrive. And this is the challenge that organizations have, needing to unlearn what we've made our people think they are, but allowing them to go back to their source of inspiration. This is something I created called the Quadrant of Potential. What you'll see here is the blue section says not good at and not interested. When you do what you're not good at and you're not interested in, it feels pointless and it can lead to depression. When you do what you're not good at and you're not interested in, it can lead to depression, it can lead to anxiety, it can lead to all of those negative emotions. Now look at the yellow section of the quadrant. Not good at but interested. There's a lot of stuff in the world that we're not good at, but we're interested in. For me, social media used to be one of those things. I was interested in social media, but I wasn't good at it. But that's something where you see potential and you feel excitement. When you're trying to learn something that you're not good at, but you're interested in, you feel a buzz. It's exciting. Look at the gray section of the quadrant. The gray section of the quadrant is good at, but don't love. That's what most of us end up doing for work. We do something that we're good at, but we don't really love it. It doesn't fulfill us. And that ends up being a profession, but it stresses us out. And finally, in the orange quadrant, you have good at and love. That's where you find passion, and that's where you experience fulfillment. What I'd love for you to do is today, tomorrow, sit down with your partner, your friend, and actually reflect on two to three things in each section of that quadrant. Do you know what you're good at and love? Do more of that. Do you know what that you're not good at but interested in? Do more of that. Spend your life in the orange and yellow side of the quadrant and you will never ever have to experience that pressure, that stress, anxiety in the negative sense. You'll still experience stress and pressure. I experience stress and pressure but it's good. It motivates me, inspires me, not bring me down. Let's move away from spending time in the good and don't loved and not good and not interested. And if you feel that sense and it's strong for you, water that, grow that, nurture it. Don't tell it to be quiet, don't push it aside, don't ignore it because one day you'll ignore it so much that it won't be there anymore. It will get so quiet. Don't let that happen. All right, don't let that happen. And finally, your passion becomes a purpose when you use it in the service of others. 
When you identify what you're good at, what you love, your wiring, your qualities, your values, your skills, your abilities, and you use that to make a difference in the life of other Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. People, that's when you're going to feel more, most fulfilled. Fulfillment is not just about doing good. It's about becoming better and then doing good with what you have. People often ask me about my meditation routine or my morning routine. I meditate for two hours a day. I have done for the last 13 years. And one of my favorite meditation practices that I do, which is the smallest and shortest part of my meditation, is that I refine my intention. What I mean by that is every day I write down thoughts in my mind that are either weeds or seeds. Seeds are ones that I want to grow. Seeds are things that I want to plant because they're full of love, compassion, empathy, kindness. And the weeds are greed, negativity, manipulation, power, control. So every day I'm literally gardening my heart by pulling out every weed and plucking out every weed that I no longer want to plant in my house. Because guess what? Weeds end up looking like seeds. Often in our life, the weeds and the seeds look exactly the same when they start growing. And that's one of the biggest challenges. We're wired for generosity, but we're educated for greed. We're so deeply wired for generosity, but everything's trying to pull us away from that. We've been told two lies in our life. The first lie is, you're nothing. You're not worth anything. You haven't got anything. That's the first lie. The second lie we've all been told is you can be anything. It's a lie. It's not true. The way we're wired defines what we can do with that wiring. And therefore the truth is you can't be anything you want but you can be everything you are. What does the leader of the future like, look like? What is the leader that's going to change and shift, not only personally, but purposefully shift humanity through the incredible work that you do here at GE? What does that leader look like? And the number one answer that came to my mind is that that leader is a connected thinker. And that connected thinker has four key elements that I'm going to be sharing with every single one of you today. And as I extrapolate and unpack what I mean by that in this session, this story for me really sums up how many opportunities are lost, 
How many opportunities are missed? Because today, a lot of our thinking, a lot of our thought processes around work, life, personal well-being, perseverance, and connection are totally unaligned. And I really want to dive into those with you today. So what I'm fascinated by is what makes a leader truly limitless? What helps us think beyond our wildest dreams, but also create solutions with purpose that revolutionize people's lives, that create real impact, meaningful impact, fulfilling impact in people's daily lives, something that you've been doing for years. How can we truly do that? What is the leader that will put that above everything else? Human experience above everything else. Because you can have access to all the technology in the world, you can have access to all the intelligence in the world, but without the desire to create true human impact through true human potential in all of you, we start getting that disconnection settling in again. And when I was doing this research, I spent a lot of time researching what it is about the leadership, the executives that have had impact in the toughest times, economically, socially, politically. What is it that has made them different? What is it that has made them stand out? And this is what Harvard found. So Harvard found that the connected thinker was the difference maker. And the way they looked at this, they looked at 3,000 executives leading executives who'd redefined industry, shifted progress, made an impact when it most mattered. I want to ask you a question. What do you think is the number one skill that these 3,000 leaders believed was the difference maker? Some of the best products in the world that we use today have been brought about that community thinking, where your problem is my problem, your success is my success. And they've seen that this spirit not only transpires across the whole organization affecting people, but it even makes a huge difference to our inner fulfillment, our inner space. See, competition mentally and for our brain is good to a certain degree. But after a while, when that competition seeps into envy and jealousy, if you look at the body map of emotion and how that chemically looks, it's painful. So no matter how fragmented, disconnected you feel, when you start thinking like this, when you start living like this, when you apply the community mindset, you're able to infuse that energy inside the whole organization. And when we hear a colleague's issue that they're having in the workplace, and our mind says, I already know, like I'm used to this, this is common. As soon as we do that, we lose the ability to connect with people with empathy, compassion, and genuine understanding of what they're really going through. As soon as we think we've already been there, right? We've always done it that way, has been the phrase that has led to the most failures in the world.
catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.